Welcome to number 19. Today on our podcast, we take the train to beautiful Paris. Save a couple of dogs. And Jeff will have some more of your comments from the Facebook page. That's all coming up on Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. So before before going to Paris, we decided to grab a quick lunch <laughs> in our Bastide town. And and now you know why, okay, when I make the reservations, which I'm getting pretty good at, now you know why I have you on speakerphone. <laughs> because, in case of emergency. In case of emergency. It's like break glass in case of emergency. That's right. Because, I, you know, invariably they will start asking questions that I can't answer. And that, again, I've mentioned this before. That is the toughest thing about learning French is the comprehension side for me anyway, because they go so quickly. But uh, so I'm making the reservation at one of our favorite spots. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned that um, they can't take la carte bleue, which is they can't take um, any form of card payment. Yeah, because their their computer was down or something. We were running late. We didn't have time to go to the the ATM. So so we we almost had to pay. Bye. Check. Check. <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> When's the last time you paid for lunch in North America with a check? I mean, but it's very common here. We see, the, I, I, we've mentioned this uh, infinitum here, but it's just so common to see them paying for silly things like ice cream cones. Here's a check. I mean, it's just bizarre. Uh, but fortunately, when the lunch had finished, we did bring our checkbook to the table, which mm-hmm. was, we were ready. Uh, but their, uh, their their machine was back in order. Yeah, the problem was resolved. <laughs> but on our way to lunch, yes, we saw these two little critters run by the car on the side of the road, and we stopped. Too funny. They were just these little bulldogs, and th- they were like frickin' frack. They were like a, it was like a Bugs Bunny episode. They were just they they wouldn't they they wouldn't separate. They were just. Uh, and no callers, so we were kind of frightened. Like, th- th- France is not like Greece, okay? We, uh, I've got to commend uh, the French authorities. We've yet to see a real problem with stray dogs. You see, in the summertime, you'll see the odd one. Occasionally. But this was really odd because we were kind of on a side street, but off of a very busy street, and mm-hmm. these two little bulldogs came running down together. No collar. No. So you stopped the car and you started running after them. Mm-hmm. And then I see the parent, distraught, the mom, come distraught. down, yeah. yep, distraught, freaking out that her her dogs had, had escaped from the pen or mm-hmm. from, from the backyard. And uh, and she starts running after them. So, again, it's like a cartoon. Everybody's running after these two dogs. And she goes past the area that they ran into the bush. And then all of a sudden they come out towards us. So... I, I I got down on my knees and put my hands in the air and hey and and sure enough they both came over and I grabbed the scruffs of their neck uh, and uh, and waited for the owner to come back. Yeah, she was very appreciative. Yes, but I'm sure that was a stressful day for her. Like it's yeah. it's happened to us when our dogs escape. It's and the worst. It's not fun. It's not the fun. worst feeling in the world. And here for our dogs, they're runners. That's why we have this enclosure for them. Uh, once they get out, they are in a massive area of agricultural land, and it's just, it's freaky, because they could just, they could pretty much run to Germany, these idiots. And so, yeah, we, we felt for her, but we were glad that we were able to yep. pull a little <laughs> goofies. They did not separate one inch. Blip, 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 blip. 
Very yeah. funny. But that was a good thing. Yeah, no, that that uh, that that made the day uh, a little rosier for us. What am I holding in my hand? Oh, you and your gum. Oh, you and your gum. What? You know, can, can, can we make just a, a public rule here that when you come in my car, because uh-huh. you always open a gum in my car. Public rule? What do you mean by that? We're in public right now on the podcast. So in front of other people, uh-huh. this is public. I would mm-hmm. like you to uh, vow uh, <laughs> vow <laughs> to not leave your little green wrappers all crunched up, sometimes with gum in them. Well, they're little green wrappers if it's a holdover from my North American gum. Uh, oh, now you've got a... Right. So I, I have to say that I, I, I've run out of the North American and I've been purchasing... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> chewing gum made here. And I have to say, I prefer the North American chewing gum. Julie has run out of North American gum. <laughs> Please, donate. Send your gum from North America no, it's not to that poor serious, Julie. But I just want to say that they don't make it the same way. It, 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 the taste runs out really quickly, and it becomes hard and not not enjoyable. For 15 euros, you can give Julie gum okay, for a year. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Anyway, enough about the gum. I just wanted to make the comparison because we do that type of thing. Yes. That it, it, in the North American Canadian column, chewing gum. Some people don't get gum at all. But <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, and it's I, a bad I, habit I, to begin with, but whatever. No, no, it's fine. I, I get it. It, it. I've had it and it's sawdust here. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to last uh, and the flavor's gone within seconds, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're fine. Maybe you're finding the wrong gum. Well, maybe. Yeah, they they sell it in the chiclet form here more than in the oh, strip um, form. Strip form, and I think the strip form is more advantageous. It's pl- it's more pleasurable than the chiclets. Well, give maybe try, just try changing your brands because oh, yeah. you I'll might keep run on in. Trying. I'll so there's keep on crap. Trying. There's mm-hmm. crappy gum in Canada too. That is true. That is true. Hey, it's uh, it's uh, it's Facebook comment time. Yay! It is fun because you know what? This is this is our our barometer here. The, these are folks who are unsolicited, unsolicited, and uh, paying tribute. Nobody's really, you know, nobody's going. Wow, do you guys suck? Which is nice. Yeah. I'm gonna... Well, I think it's better to say nothing at all than you yeah. know, give a negative comment. Mm, right. Well, we'll start off with a real good one, and uh, this is from a Humble and Fred fan. So, oh, so uh, cool. of course, Humble and Fred are are uh, they are our sponsors. They are our publishers. They are our producers, and uh, we thank them for the uh, uh, the opportunity for the opportunity and for uh, you know all of the work that has gone into getting this podcast off the air. Uh, on the air. So <laughs> yeah, no, that would off, be easy. No, off the ground. Off the ground. On the air. On the air. Thank okay. you. All right. Uh, so this is from Bob Orr, Yellow Point, BC. Wow. Bonjour. That's the extent of my French. Started listening to your podcast this weekend and was instantly drawn in. I binged all 18 episodes as I worked. Phenomenal. Highly interesting, informative, and real. Love the stories about the many hurdles and frustrations you faced and overcame along the way. Cheers, Bob Orr. That's really great. Yeah, isn't that great? Huh. Really nice. And uh, wow, all eighteen at once. That's that's a lot, man. How many how many hours is that? Uh, that's uh, about nine hours worth of. That's a lot of yard work. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he must be in the interior of BC. I'm not sure. Uh, Leslie Taylor, uh, ironically and unknowingly, uh, this is on chapter 16, our Christmas one, but uh, where we were also talking about uh, some homonyms yes. or, or homophones. Um, she went to your uh, high school. That's in, fantastic. In Montreal. So she's come up with uh, a phrase full of French homonyms for you. And I, I will read it, and then you can you can tell everybody what. what no, it. I think you can well, tell. Well, I, I, I think I might be able to do this, a... This could be good French homework for you. Okay, so here's what uh, Leslie says. Uh, C'est vert le vert de vert vert. <laughs> <laughs> so it's towards the worm. There's a glass, green glass? Or, yes, uh, le vert vert. So there are four different vers yes. in this sentence. Say yes. vers, V-E-R-S, yes. so that's towards. Mm -hmm. Le vers, V-E-R, worm. Mm -hmm. uh, de vert, uh, V-E-R-R-E, so glass, mm -hmm. and the color green, V-E-R-T. Se vert, le vert, de vert, vert. That's great. Well done, Jeff. All right. That was good. Uh, and uh, thanks to our friend Lori. She's a good buddy of ours, radio friend. Oh. And, uh, you know, so it's high praise when she says that she's uh, uh, setting up the deck and listening to my fa uh, favorite uh, duo. And she sent a uh, video of her getting her deck ready at the cottage. <laughs> great. And with us on in the background. Happy weekend, guys. Oh, thanks, Lori. Very that's nice. nice. I, mean, I, I miss her. I miss her and her husband. I can't yeah. wait to hear Lori's laugh when she gets here uh, around the pool one day. That'll be great. Uh, this is from Eric Mandich uh, on Chapter 17 with the Singing Dogs. This is two chapters ago. Finally got caught up with your podcasts. Jeff and Julie moved to France. I was listening this weekend while doing yard work again. See, a lot of people like Lori and uh, like Bob and, and now Eric, they're listening outside while they're doing stuff, which hmm. is cool. Interesting. He said he got caught up. I, I also love Better Call Saul. What a great show. Uh, also love the flossing in France segment. Great <laughs> podcast. You two are great. Keep it up. Uh, that's when we were talking about the couple who basically brought in their dentist to the table at the restaurant and just started to... Tuck right in. That was unbelievable. Still just gives me shivers. Uh, and finally, uh, from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeff and Julie moved to France from Karen in Saskatoon again. Uh, chapter 18 about customs. <laughs> she said, that was a good cast. Your pool is beautiful. I love the little treehouse. Pretty sure I'd break all the protocols, though. Wrong flowers and wine for dinner. Mm -hmm. Uh Ask for butter. Be too friendly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many unfamiliar rules. And it's funny uh, with the be too friendly thing. This happened to us again on the on the walking trail. Yeah, we've done it twice. Like we're like we're, we're friendly Canadians. You know, we're, we 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 meet people and we start chatting, and you know we introduce ourselves. Well, it turns out that that's a no no. It's just not. They they get really nervous. Do you mm -hmm. notice? Yeah. In yeah, both yeah. cases. In both cases. It's like, what do you want? Um, and so I brought this up to Veronique at my French class, mm -hmm. and she said, yeah, no, yeah, you don't, uh, in France, we, we don't uh, get to the names for quite a while. And I don't know the reasoning behind it. Well, it's much more, uh, I think it's, it's a question of, of respect. It's, it's a lot less casual. For example, okay. you know, in, 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 a, in very short stead, when you're sending an email off in North America, you're, you're signing off with your first name. Julie. And usually for me, it's just cheers, Jeff. 
that does not happen here. No. Here it's it's uh, cordially or kind regard or, and, and, yeah, and yeah. it's Mr. you know Jeff with last name. It's it's not just Jeff. So well it is with me but <laughs> <laughs> but so it's it's a big difference. Remember the first couple that we when we were on oh, a, one of our this walks was horrible. And, and, and I was tr- I was trying to use my French, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Julie's talking to this this uh, couple probably a little older than us and it was we'd never seen them before. But in you know, in North America or at least in Canada, one of the first things you do is hey, how you doing? I'm Jeff. This is Julie and you exchange names. So I said, you know, uh, what is your name in French? I don't know how I said it, but um, quel est votre nom? Yeah, I think he said, yeah. and and he answers by giving sheepishly up, by giving up his last name. Yeah, so I felt horrible because I knew he was uncomfortable with it. Um, and when you say name, that if you just say name, that infers last name. Mm-hmm. If you want to know someone's first name, you actually say prénom. That's right, your prénom. Pre- prename, uh, and so. In talking with Veronique, this is something that doesn't come up for maybe hours, maybe mm-hmm. hours, if you can believe this. And she said, you know, she gave me an example of, oh, you ask for some directions on the street and uh, and the guy wants to, you know, show you exactly where to go on a map. So you go and have a coffee and uh, maybe some point during the coffee, uh, she said, uh, oh, uh, je, m'appelle, uh, je m'appelle Veronique, et vous? So... But, but this is like an hour at least into the conversations. Uh-huh. I find the whole thing awkward. Uh-huh. The thing I like, I like it that you don't, uh, that you're not identified by what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that is a, a, a very nice, gentle. Civilized. Civilized. So they won't ask you right away, like mm-hmm. in Canada, oh, what do you do for a living? Uh, they don't identify you with that. They want to know more about you. I like that, but I, I don't like this uh I don't know. It's it, it's it's very reserved and guarded. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, you know, if you're talking to somebody, you just want to be able to say, "Hey, Frank," or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, right? Yeah. We ran into this fellow who went walking in the forest, and he was with his dog, Titus. <laughs> <laughs> really cute, um, the dog. And uh, we we started talking. <laughs> it was really embarrassing because I was being my nice self, you know, trying to Jeff and be, Juliet. Be, yeah, be friendly and and you know tell him how much we like his dogs. Turns out he didn't understand a word I was saying. Well, I could tell. Like he, so he was. He ended up being Belgian, and in Belgian, Belgium, it's really interesting. The country split in half, and uh, the one half speaks French, and the other half doesn't. They speak. Is it Flemish? Yeah, something. But it's not French. Not French. And, and he said the televisions in the French part are in French, and <laughs> Flemish in the top. So. Uh, he did speak French because he lives here, but not – you were chirping like you were on fire. Right. And and I did. Like, you know, after a decent amount of time, like we were probably chatting for 10 minutes, uh, I introduced myself and I introduced you. He kind of went, yeah. <laughs> and then he didn't introduce himself. Didn't respond. <laughs> so it was like, uh, crickets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> Anyway, I thanked him and sent him on his way, and but that's that's the way it goes here. And I read 
the, a book uh, called The Bonjour Effect. And it's, it says that in, right there uh-huh. in writing black on white, that the, that's the, the protocol. That's the, way, that's the way it is. You don't talk about money. You don't talk about what you do. You take time to get to know someone before you introduce yourself. Um, that's, just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, so we're we, learning. We we're learning. Be, won't be doing that again. <laughs> Like yeah, so I guess a high five's out of the question. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, those are just things you kind of need to know if you're if you're coming here. It's a little weird. Uh, you just get used to it. Hey, we got to take the train. What a unbelievable experience this was. It was le TVG. Yes. No TGV. Sorry. Oh, is that what I just said? No. But yeah, meaning the fast train. And then that's funny. That's what they'll always ask you. Because I, I said to Veronique at uh, French class, yeah, we took the train to France. TGV or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, très grande vitesse. Right. And it was um, so easy. Silky smooth. So from from being able to park. Yeah. And, and I love this. And I, it, it's probably in North America as well. But we've seen many underground or covered parking where there are they tell you how many spots are available and where those spots are it's just brilliant it's just brilliant like so you'll go into the park parkade as we call it in saskatchewan you go into the parkade and there's a sign and it'll it'll list like 167 stalls and it was interesting because on the first floor there was one available and i you you think to yourself oh sure there is yeah but there was But there was and there's the green light and we just went around to it poof Otherwise, we would have gone to the next floor. There were quite a few available, but they, yeah, they, and they listed on the outside of the parkade as well. So if you're driving by, you go, oh, there's, there's parking here. Yep. It's really a great system. So it's easy and it's a, a short walk to the actual train station. And we had pre purchased our tickets um, and we were able to do it. On a, for a special rate because we're a certain age now. <laughs> that was delicate. <laughs> yeah. So we had we had them we had the tickets we had the QR code on our phone, and we just waited for the train to arrive. And they come and check. They they came and check. They check all the tickets. Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, we got on the train. It was just uh, the only thing. This was a learning experience. It was our first one. We, uh, I guess, you booked, and I don't even know. I'll have to see how they, how how they do it. But you booked. Uh, two seats that faced two other people, mm-hmm. which was kind of awkward. But, but I, th- I see there are three kinds of seats, mm-hmm. uh, types of seating, seats. Seating, seating yeah. plans. And, and so then there are different classes as well. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we kind of went in the middle, the middle class, which is, which is first class. It's not the top, but um, you, you get, you know, a, a beautiful, comfortable seat with armrests. You get, uh, you, you're able to plug in your, your devices um, so th- that was what we selected. So uh, the three are, they call them duo club. So y- okay. it's two people facing one another. and That's the one. Then the other one is, is where we sat, which is the, the, the four people club, which has a table in the middle. Which, is gr- by the way, great if it's four people, you know, four friends, and then you can play cards. Right. But the other seating is just, it's kind of like regular. Like an airplane. Airplanes where you, you take take the, yeah, and it's, your, your table down. So so for me, the club selection, whether it's two or four, yeah. is the better option. Especially if you're having a conversation. Like if you're in the like the plane type seats, well, you're always cranking your neck over and uh, 
just gets tiresome. But the the club ones, they're they're right on the window, two just two facing one another. That's what we'll do next time. And much better view. Yeah. You know, you're not looking at a small section; you're looking at a big, uh, bigger section. So I I really didn't didn't care if I was facing two strangers. No, but it's just the leg room was just was yeah. Weird. Wilt Chamberlain was across from me, yeah. So, so yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable. But the train experience was fantastic. We're three hours and some, and boom, uh, we get to France uh, for cocktail hour, which is so or Paris. On the way there, yeah. we were on the because it's a duplex. There, it's yeah. it's two stories. Mm-hmm. We were on the top. I preferred that. section. Did you prefer yeah. that? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I found it a little dizzying on the bottom. Okay. Things are going. I mean, you're going 300 kilometers an hour. 300 kilometers an hour. About 180 miles an hour. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's just boogieing. Now it doesn't do that the whole way, but on the straightaways, and it's all covered. Like there's no way to access the tracks. It's all got the razor barbed wire and all that stuff along. I was wondering about that, but it's also a different track system. Like it's a circular track, so obviously um, the cars grab. across that circle so it's not like you can derail the plane by putting a penny on there or something like you mean the train what did i say plane oh sorry thanks um yeah no it it, it was very interesting you can also and and i didn't think about this when i booked decide whether you want to be going in the direction yes seated in the direction the train is going or Frontwards or backwards, but yeah. that, but that that gets thrown out the window if you're if you're booking the club seats because one goes one way and one the other. Right. One's facing one way and one's facing the other way. They're awesome. Anyway, so we took the train. It was great. We'll do it again. I mean, if if you can from where we are, which is an eight and a half hour drive uh, by car to get to Paris, uh, if you can do that in three hours, is worth going to Paris yeah. every few months. And I, I was able to do my work. On, mm-hmm. on the train. Yeah. Um, the Wi-Fi not is great. not super great, no. but, um, you know, if, if you're patient, there was nothing else to do. Well, and and obviously it's going to be dependent on how many people are on the on the train using it, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a pretty cool uh, hotel. Uh, I liked the hotel that we were staying at. Mm-hmm. It we was... were in the 6e arrondissement. Yeah, 6 at, at, at For some reason, Veronique thought we were in 14 district, but it was 6. That's, 6. And I, that's, I remember that. And uh, Mont, how do you pronounce it? Montparnasse. Montparnasse. And what's great about this is our hotel was a five-minute walk from the train station. Mm-hmm. And it is just the most charming part of Fran- uh, Paris. I just love this little area. Yeah, it was off the beaten track, so mm-hmm. off the main road, quiet, really quiet. But... Around us, there were there was all kinds of activity, fantastic uh, cafes and bistros and brasseries and just other kinds of restaurants. And you know, for us, uh, it was a it was a, a, a sort of a refreshing change because the the food fare here at the restaurants is pretty standard around where we are uh, in in southwest France. It was so great to be able to go to an Italian restaurant. A seafood restaurant, mm-hmm. and we really enjoyed that. It was great. It was really good. And we did a lot of walking. Tons. A ton of walking. Yeah, we didn't do any museums or any of that stuff. We've done that before in Paris, so this was more about just kind of people watching, having the, the odd coffee and, and beer and glass of wine, and uh, doing a little bit of shopping, but 
mainly just walking around. It was great. It was just nice to feel the energy too, wasn't it? Yeah, we were able to walk from our destination all the way to the first arrondissement where the Louvre is and where the Champs-Élysées Champ is and where yeah. L'Arc de Triomphe. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I'd say that was about an hour and some, that walk. That was a good haul. Yeah. I read somewhere that you can get from the southernmost point to the northernmost point of Paris in two hours on oh, foot. Okay. Well, it's it's worth it. I mean, everywhere you go, it's eye candy. And it's funny, I was talking to my mom about it, and I said, you know, there's an energy about Paris. And she says, yeah, you know what it is? Everybody's happy. And I, I thought about that for a second, and it's true. Everybody seems to be... There's a, a joie de vivre. Like, I felt like people were just happy to be out. The wait staff was joyous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were just having a great time. Uh, it, the anyone we ran into was very friendly. Um, and yeah, it was and great. the weather cooperated. I think it was 25 in the sun the first day and 21, a little cloudy the next day, but no rain. We were just able to walk around and have a. Oh, our first restaurant, though. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, it was so oh, weird. Yeah. So oh, I made a bad decision there. Well, I don't. Oh, you made a bad decision with your meal. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But the, the so the restaurant was kind of cool. It was very folksy, sort of neighborhood Italian restaurant. But the tables, holy moly, were they close. They were the width of a cell phone apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much so that in order to go and sit on the banquette, they had to pull the table out so yeah. you could get in. That's so right. It's almost sitting in a row of. Yeah. Of little tables. Of little tables. Now, this is, I mean, you're literally involved in the next table's conversation. Yeah, that it's hard not to. It's hard not to. I mean, this, so this is this is not a place where you, uh, say, fire an employee <laughs> or tell your new date that, you know, you've got webbed feet. Anything along <laughs> those lines, I would not recommend that that's for another that's for private time yeah that's for another place not at this restaurant did you notice that there were two tables that had a a parent with a young child yeah i know and one of them was right next to us yeah the young boy how old would you say he was like seven yeah probably yeah just so smart knew exactly what to order and his dad was asking him all kinds of, of geography questions that quite frankly I didn't know the answer to yeah it was amazing yeah he, was, he knew the president of the United States didn't he and, and all oh, kinds president of, of Ukraine he knew who what department was n- most north in France he knew you know he had a, a ton of knowledge yeah and uh, and uh, true to what we said mentioned in I think it was our last podcast the one about customs. Uh, no kids menu. No. He was just, he knew exactly what he wanted, he, but it was right off the main menu. gnocchi with truffle. <laughs> a seven-year-old was having <laughs> truffle gnocchi. And he wasn't a precocious little turd no, either. No, he was a really, yeah, yeah, very nice, very nice kid. And man, that he's destined for something because he, <laughs> he's smart as a whip. But yeah. that was, we, we had, a, I had a good meal, but you didn't listen properly to the man. I had cold fish. Cold fish. Yeah. Fish. That's that's almost worse than fish stew. Oh, anyway. It's not appetizing. Who wants that? I made up for it the next night. But it, anyway, it it was it was an experience and you know, we got we got to exp- you had a great meal. Yeah. That's what counts, really. Yeah. Uh, cuz it's all about you and your belly. Thank you. So, um <laughs> uh here's a question for you. So, Paris is the second most visited 
what? city. It's not the first? Mm-mm. In the world. In the world. It, it, it's the first in Europe. But in the world. Oh, that clears it up because my next guess was going to be like London. Oh, how mm. about New York? Nope. nope. Re- oh, it must be an Asian country then because billions of people go there. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be like Singapore or nope. Tokyo? Nope. Number Shanghai? One. Nope. Wow. Okay. So. Th- oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's India. Nope. Oh. Not, not a country, a city. No, no, I know. It's, I'm saying it's a country in India. No, okay. Or a city in <laughs> India. Stop it. You're confusing me. <laughs> Be quiet. You're having a hard time. Okay, I'll put you out of your misery. Bangladesh. No, but it starts with a B. Okay. Uh, Botswana. I don't <laughs> no. know. Bangkok. Bangkok. Ah. Number one city in the world. Jeez. Yeah. And Zero desire. 30 million people visit Paris a year. Holy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think those numbers are going to go through the roof this summer because everything was just – and it was very interesting. We're, we're probably going to stay in a nearby hotel mm-hmm. because a lot of people did this and they really rolled the dice. And we've seen this in North America too, in Canada, where people said, okay, if you're going to pull the rug out from under me and close my restaurant, I'm renovating. I'm going to take the plunge and renovate. So people who are looking to renovate – and this hotel around from where we stayed, they renovated to the boots. Mm. I mean, top to bottom, yeah. gorgeous two-year renovation during COVID. It worked out perfectly. They were able to reopen right when sort of uh, uh, restrictions were relaxed, and it was jammed. Hmm. And it very stylish. I, I, I yeah, would definitely want to try that. The next time we're in Paris. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm telling you, it, it, it was, the, the whole city was just, as you said earlier, uh, you could tell that they'd kind of been waiting to get back out. And mm-hmm. and masks, uh, I would say it was, depending on where we went, it was about, it was about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of the malls, there were more people wearing masks. Yeah, I think in enclosed space, people are, are yeah. less inclined to take a risk. But there were no, there's nothing, there are no regulations, there's no restrictions right now. That's here. right, that's right. Um, what else did we end up doing? We, um, we had a couple of other really cool restaurants that we went to, another Italian one, because we do love our Italian food. Well, it's it's because it's it's spicy, it's got, you know, the garlic and the Basil, and it's just yeah, you know, food around chock full Southwest of... is pretty bland. Gotta say, it's just a different, uh, different yeah. style of, of preparation. Um, and we just haven't found um, places that like to use all those ingredients. But yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's we'll, all right. we'll get there. Um, we did a little bit of, of shopping. Yeah. We, we went to the Shishi Poopoo area and oh, that's near ridi- that's the Champs Elysees. Oui. Um, you know, I. It's okay to go there. We had a nice lunch, really good lunch, but it's too many people, and it's just too much of this uh, really rich silliness. Like I, I was looking for some t-shirts. How much is that one? Uh, three hundred and fourteen. What some? Huh? What for for a t-shirt? And we finally found some for ten bucks. That's all I want. Three hundred dollars for a t-shirt. Well, you you have to expect that things are inflated in in that particular that's just, area. That's craziness. But you know, Paris is the fashion capital. So you know, all the designers, whether it's Givenchy or Saint Laurent or whatever, that you know, they're they're top notch, top drawer. Mark, Mark Warehouse. 
Yeah, that's a big one. That's what I want. Uh, yeah. Just give me some Mark's Work Warehouse apparel and I'm good. I'll but, take it anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, our experience all in all, it was it was great to walk around. It mm-hmm. was great to see all the beautiful buildings. And, and we saw this one really interesting thing. Um, so th- the buildings are only about five stories tall. Which is beautiful. And we saw yeah. this... Uh, elevator device i'm gonna include i took pictures of it so that i could include it on the facebook uh page you're right thanks for reminding me because someone was either moving in or moving out and you do it through the window because there's no elevator that's big enough to accommodate furniture elevators maybe hold three four people so this was brilliant and i'm sure they've been doing it for years but it's like it's like a telescopic ladder that works off of a motor and it, it just jettisons all the way up to that whatever uh, terrace you have. It just goes boop right up there. And what what were they having delivered? Uh, one was having um, topsoil delivered in bags. Yeah. Because they probably had a rooftop terrace. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really interesting. And it just, it boogied this stuff huh? all the way up the ladder. And then once the stuff was up there, folded right up in like seconds, mm-hmm. back onto the trailer, away they go. And did you notice that all the ba- balconies, most of them, have beautiful floral oh, arrangements? It was amazing. Beautiful trees. It, it's just, it was it was really quite and stunning. You'll also get that in the uh, in the Facebook presentation because I, I was banging off photos there like... Uh, like a like a news photographer, it was just great, and um, it, it's just it's one thing after another. Yeah, it's hard to capture everything. And that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Lovely. Ajouter deux lettres à Paris, et c'est le paradis. No. Oh, yeah. You got that look in your face. Yeah. <laughs> You mean the thousand yard stare? <laughs> <laughs> Deer in the headlights stare. As, ajouter, I've, I've forgotten what that ajouter, is. Ajouter, add. Oh, okay, so add the letters. Go Aj- ahead. Ajouter deux. Add two letters. Lettres à Paris. Okay. Et c'est le paradis. Ah. Okay. Parody. Yeah. So. What's parody? <laughs> um. Paradise. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Oh, that. So it's uh, just, just to find the, the entire phrase again. So add two letters to the word Paris, mm-hmm. and you'll get paradise. Ha! Huh. In French. That's nice. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's not funny, but I thought it was clever. No, it is. It's really cool, and it, and it's true. It's true. It really. I, as you know, do not like big cities Mm-mm. at all. Hate them. I mean. You know, you go to New York, and the first thing I'm looking for is the, the plane ride home. I, it's just too much. It's too much for me. Mm-hmm. It's noisy and honky and sirens. And Paris is not without that, for sure. But there's just some kind of charm in, in, in this city that uh, you ju- it's just undeniable. And it just feels great, especially, I think, in light of what we've had in the last couple of years and where we live. Like, we live in a very tranquil, calm 
quiet area. So it was just nice to get a little... I needed to get that that stimuli. I, I needed to feel the buzz. I wanted to see what people were wearing, um, you know, wh- wh- how the, the windows were, dr- were were dressed in the, in the shops. Just, just to, you know, get out of the rural mode a little bit. It was a, a shot in the arm. It was great. And this was our first experience on the left bank of Paris, and I think we prefer it. I think so. I think we prefer it. It's, uh, I think there are fewer tourists. Yeah, and it was just charming, like all these rows and rows of these gorgeous apartments. Anyway, it's definitely worth something uh, of your time. If you're, if you're coming to France, you can't, uh, you can't forget yeah. about it's Paris. A bucket, it, it's a bucket list yeah. thing. You, you, you really, Paris is a, a must-see um, in, in your life. Wow, today's uh, podcast just flew by, and we really haven't talked a lot about the nuts and bolts of Paris yet. Uh, we're too busy gushing about stuff in our pie holes. Yeah, I think we have to make <laughs> this a, a, a two-parter. Yeah. Um, we still have some really cool things to talk about, like the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. the Louvre, uh, the actual layout of Paris. And don't forget about the taxis, very important. So, uh, yeah, we'll continue our chat about the City of Lights. Oh, and why it's called that. <laughs> That'll be coming up next week on Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. Au revoir. Au revoir.